In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll, and on this podcast, you will hear real stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome back again. We have another incredible story. Uh, Kelly, we actually met on LinkedIn. So I don't know a lot of your background, which I kind of like that because there's a little bit of a sense of adventure for me because I get to hear about another story, another journey. But I'm really excited about it again because I I love these things. They just mean so much. And I've had so many comments come back on how people have resonated and how inspired they are to be able to take that next step and have a little bit of hope. So maybe we start this way. Let's do this. Give me the 30 second, who is Kelly? Like we're riding up in the, elevator, but not about what you do, but but who are you? I love that. I love. So I am a mom. I'm an only child. And I grew up with the best parents in the whole entire world. I married an only child, which is so unusual because <laughs> how often do you find two only children marrying each other? But we have two beautiful children. We live up in the Boston area. And I've been an entrepreneur pretty much since I was 15. <laughs> that <rather laughs> who I am. Well, if you were a male, I would almost bet that the 15-year-old start of the entrepreneur was baseball cards, but I'm sure it was probably something else. <laughs> it seems like every guy at 15, they were in baseball cards. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> true. That is true, actually. Yeah. I, was, I was doing other things. I was dancing and doing makeup on girls and all the girly things that girls do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump into the beliefs that you grew up under that you adopted as your own, thinking that's how I'm going to step into my adult life. And then let's kind of focus in on that part of it first and uh, kind of talk about just what made you you before, you know, you really truly got came to that discovery of who you are now. So as I said, I grew up as an only child and I had the most loving parents in the world. I felt super blessed my whole life. I was very close to my parents. My mom suffered with rheumatoid arthritis. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it attacks your joints. So from birth, that's all I knew was a woman going into the hospital all the time. Just her hands were always swollen, but yet she always had a smile. She never complained a day in her life. And I watched her as a little girl. I watched her go through major surgeries, near-death experiences over my life. But she was extremely resilient. And I grew up, again, you're observing your parents. You wonder why this happens. And it was really burdensome to me at times of being an only child, loving my mother the way I did. But I, I, her faith and her smile always gave me the hope and the peace and the courage in my own life. And that was a big deal when I look back on my life. And you said, you know, as I became the woman that I am today, watching her face the many things that she faced over the years, most people wouldn't get out of bed ever. They would be miserable. I mean, maybe even myself included in that because it's hard to get out of bed when you're in pain from head to toe. 
But I saw her walk around with her Bible. She was extremely faithful. She talked about God all the time and that he'll make a way and I know I'm going to be okay. And her mindset was very positive. She had a deep belief in her faith, but she also had a deep belief in herself because nobody was going to do things for her. I mean, this Mm. woman was a true warrior. And I am so, again, blessed that I experienced living, unfortunately, watching her suffer the way she did was a nightmare for my dad. and But in hindsight, watching a woman go through what she went through and being my mom and me having a first row seat at this show of her life was so inspiring to me that as I said, I was an entrepreneur my whole life. I tried many things. I was never afraid to fail. Or if I did fail, I'd try something else because I think she played a role in that when I didn't even realize it, that she was getting up and doing all the things she did, I would try anything. If because if my mom was doing it, why couldn't I in different ways? So that mindset shaped my mindset. And that's really where my drive, my ambition, I think all stems from is watching a woman just get up. If it doesn't work, if she she doesn't feel good, she's still going to go about her day. She's going to be the mom she was created to be. She was a great wife. She was there for my dad. I mean, she was the rock of my family. So my whole story comes from the birth of my, my brand is called Addicted to the Climb today in this present day. And it's established three years ago, but it's really about helping people keep climbing no matter what life throws at us, whether yeah. it's in fitness, whether it's just trying to work out. Why are you going to give up on your workouts because you don't have a six pack in a week? I mean, come on. (laughs) You know, we all want results fast, but the climb of life is all about never quitting, always betting on yourself because no one's hand delivering you anything in this world. You have to go after yourself. And my faith plays a big role in, in that as well. So I developed a very strong faith in my life over the years. So let me let me ask this because I, I love the positivity that you're putting off. That's just awesome. But I also know just from my own experience in my own life, we often have a belief that comes in that's not necessarily the best thing because like you said, you're observing, but then you also start to question. And you said something about faith. I'm just going to throw this out there. I mean, when we talk about Job, Job had an incredible life, but yet things went terribly wrong and he reached out and he was grieving and he was yelling. Was there a time when you had that kind of uh, experience as a younger individual, as a child going into it saying like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why? Why? And what's that struggle like? And how did that kind of impact some of the the formation of your belief system as well? I want to value too the fact that there's a lot of positivity because that's true in many, many of our lives. We can focus on that. But sometimes when somebody's going through it, they can't always see that positive. They can only see like, the what the what the what the kind of perspective right oh my gosh absolutely i mean i remember in my teenage years just crying to god and saying why are you putting a woman like we actually i used to say job it's funny Mm. you brought up job because that's exactly who i compare to even to my children i read the story of job when my son was even eight years old to say this is your grammy this is what she's been through but I was down on my knees many times saying, why? Why does this have to happen? And of course, it was a huge struggle. And as I started going through things in life, I mean, I'm a breast cancer survivor. So that was 
one of the rock bottom moments that I faced among many others. But of course we question why, but for me, I always had to lean on my faith. Again, I saw my mom leaning on her faith. That was the only thing that would get me out of bed, get me through the things that I went through. And even why? Why? If somebody's listening, they just heard that say, and they grew up in a church situation where they're just like, dude, I've, I've tried to lean on my faith. I've tried to do that and it doesn't work. So why? Why is that such a rock for you? Well, because I saw the way my mom kept getting out of bed for 50 years of her life. Mm -hmm. Nothing else was working. I could talk to people and reach out and do other things. But in the wee hours of the night, when you don't have anyone else around, I have found in my life, this is my opinion and my belief, God is the only one there for me. And I did turn away from God. I'm going to be honest. And I will share that openly. I've turned away. I've walked away from him because I was mad or angry. Even after I lost my mom six years ago, I was so, she was 66. I'm like, that is just too young. Why would you take her from me? She taught me so much. She got me closer to you. However, without our faith, we don't have any hope. So I would rather put my faith and hope into a God that created the universe. And I want to believe that he created the universe, that he created me for bigger and better things in my life. And I find that most people, they want to believe in something. And yet most of those some things I'm putting in quotes, oftentimes let us down. You know, they don't live up to par. They don't fulfill us. They never satisfy us. Some people go shopping. Some people spend money. They go drinking. They do drugs. You know, all these things lead to dead ends. I have found that faith for me fulfills me. It gives me peace. Like I can't even describe when I'm crying in the night. Like my daughter was in two traumatic car accidents. Thank you, God. She's still alive because both the cars were totaled. And she did this one year and then one year later. Oh, man. uh, Miraculous. I mean, I've been through so many things and the faith is the only thing that I can say brings me that instant peace that I need in those trying times. So Mm. if you are one that has tried it and maybe it's failed you because listen, faith is a journey. We're never ending. We never arrive and have a full faith. Faith is something we can't see. But if you're looking to put your hope and trust in people, I'm sorry, they're they're going to let you down. My husband's the greatest guy in the world, yet he's a human being. Yeah. And he's never going to fulfill me the way God has. And that's my experience and the experience of many of the women I work with over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we, my whole entire business is surrounded and founded on faith. And I see it time after time after time again. So I know that if we don't have faith, we tend to, I mean, it says without faith, people perish. So, And there's a lack of that hope. And it reminds me of the man's search for meaning, the whole book of, the, you know, when they go through the Auschwitz and the uh, challenges and it all came down to hope. And anyway, there's a lot of things there. So I'm glad you put that because we have so many people that that do that. They call in or they they send me a message and they ask about, like, how can I find a path through 
and then they ex- they explain their story or and then they're they're tragic they're always full of trauma there's always something that's going on there's a significant loss how do i find my way through that and that's what i love about what we're telling is the real stories these are our journeys right these are how we've started to build our our narratives of our lives so as we look at this and i, I always ask this question as far as transitioning into this what was the significant scenario circumstance things that were going on in in your life that created a mental mind shift and everybody's mind shifts at different ages. Uh, I've had some at as young as teenagers and some as, as old as in their forties and mind shifts are, this is how I thought the life was the struggle. Like you said, begging on your knees, crying to, okay, I know that I can count on this faith and this is my hope. And it sounds like that's where we're headed for the next part of the segment. But what was the circumstances around your first, impactful mind shift or mindset discovery to have a new perspective? Oh my gosh. So for me, it was really becoming awakened to the two voices in our head. Mm. And I realized for me, I was listening and playing just old stories and the script on repeat. Woe is me. Oh my gosh. I'm never going to get ahead of this. Once I lost my mom, everyone's going to die in my family. You know, we all have a script that we play in our heads and we all have two voices in our heads. And I talk about this all the time. What changed for me is finally putting my foot down. And I have a mantra that I would love to share with your listeners because it has changed my life completely. And Tim, it's going to change your life and everyone else's that says this because I have it on repeat. And I just decided to say, I will not be defeated by my inner negative voice, period. Mm -hmm. I'm punching you in the face because I got so sick and tired of listening to that voice that was telling me you're going to be defeated. Nothing's going to go well for you. You have breast cancer, Kelly. What if you die? What if you don't make it? I mean, every time I go in for a mammogram, that voice tries to creep up. But until I learned to quiet the voice and speak life into myself, that was the mindset shift for me. I had to really just become aware of my thoughts. You know, half the time we wake up, we go through the day, we think what we think because that's what we think. We well, let me let me pause you real quick because I think this is a really, really key element that you're talking about because I 1000% agree with the whole aspect of that inner voice that's speaking to you. But trying to think of how to ask this question because it's kind of off the wall. But I, I want to make sure that we're specific about this because that inner voice gets trained, right? And it gets trained at a young age. So what were the things that were training that inner voice to tell you that, oh my gosh, this is so bad, this is whatever? Because I agree, like you said, you have to be able to stop that inner voice, but there are things that train that inner voice. So how did you discover, one, you are doing the training now versus previously, I think other things were training that inner voice to tell you what your value was, to tell you how awful things were. Maybe we just dive into that for just a minute there. So what was training that inner voice? I mean, I just think comparing myself and thinking I compared myself a lot back in the day. See, for me, I know we met each other on LinkedIn, but I'm going to tell you this little story because it has something to do with this. I never was in corporate America. I went to school to be an early childhood teacher. So as I was coming up, I was so afraid to go on LinkedIn. I was like, I don't belong there. Why would I go on there? Those are business people. I'm not a business person. I'm coming from a fitness background. 
So that voice get we create those voices ourselves. It's through mm-hmm. comparing ourselves to others or, you know, listening, being in circles that aren't empowering you. They're all complainers. So you start complaining too. Yep. Yep. So yep. all those things, your environment, I realized, oh my gosh, I, I'm talking to people on the phone and I'm getting off the phone feeling exhausted and I'm feeling they're, they're making me feel worse about myself than I should. So that's where you have to have an awakening in yourself. Who am I hanging with? Who's fueling me? Who's feeding me? And for me, I had to make changes and train myself. That's where I started opening up my Bible. I'm like, listen, I saw my mom doing it. I want life to fuel me. I want someone speaking life into me. I'm going to open up this Bible because I saw her doing it because I, I did. I think whatever we're feeding, whatever voice we're feeding from childhood, maybe somebody told you something about yourself that sticks with you. I mean, you know, as teenagers, girls are pretty brutal. I mean, I heard things about myself that you're not good enough. Oh, you're so extra, Kelly. You're just too much. And sometimes that would keep me down and I wouldn't go for it. And you get sick and tired of that, thinking those things over and over. And so I picked up my Bible. I'm like, I want to know what God says about me. I want to know, like, what does he say about me? And then that's where I started taking on a new identity. So I hope that answers your question. It does. It does. But what made you reach that desperation of, I need to find my new identity. I need to train my voice. I need to, like, what was that that scenario? Was it out of desperation? Was it out of, yeah. It was. And you know what? The the moment, I mean, yes, I've been through breast cancer. That was 2008. My son was born. A lot of things happened in my life that I went through that were traumatic, but nothing was as traumatic in the moment that changed things was when I lost my mom six mm. years ago. Everything changed for me. I was on my knees because she was the one who really I went to as a mentor, as a life coach, as my best friend, as a confidant, like I, I always asked her for her advice. I trusted her so much. And when I lost that, I, lo- I felt like I lost everything. So that was the moment I said, oh my God, I have to get back up somehow. I can't, my mom's not here anymore. And I got to do this. I got to do this thing. I have to create something now for myself. Not that I relied on her for everything. because I was very adventurous, but that's where I had to pick myself up off the floor and keep going and fuel myself differently than I did in the past. So that yeah. moment was my, the moment where a lot of things changed for me. Yeah. And when you look at that, was that a realization that you had created that dependence upon your mom and you realized that, hey, I, I need to believe that? Yeah. 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 So let's, let's kind of transition into this whole aspect of where you're at now. What are the habits? What are the thoughts? What are the, what's the training? We'll use your word there. What's the training? What that script that you wrote? How do you actually now live your life out in order to be able to one, fulfill that purpose Two, strengthen that identity and, and really strengthen the value that you bring to the world? So I learned to, we're always going to be fearful of things, right? Like in our lives, fearful to step out of comfort, fearful to do this and that. And for me, I've trained myself to be courageous. And I talk about that a lot because one of my talks is called Becoming the Courageous Leader of Your Life. And how do we do that? Because it's scary to do things that are different. It's scary to start 
betting on yourself and taking risks. But that's part of my training. Even being courageous in the gym, doing something different, adding more weight. I'm all about, I love learning and I love evolving in my life, which I didn't do when I was younger. Mm. And it's so much fun. I find that the joy is found in our journeys of life and our climbs. Sometimes it's not really about the finish line. It really isn't. Yes, we can run a race and finish the race, but think about the training that you put in throughout the journey. And so for yeah. me, I've trained myself. And we'll use this word so many times because I have. I've trained myself to enjoy the journey I'm on in the present moment of what I'm doing. And that's what I love to teach women that I coach. Let's talk about the journey because everybody wants to get to that finish line so fast. They want to see the results overnight. They want to be the best version of themselves instantly. But what about all the learning that has to take place, the growth that has to take place in the middle? I'm yeah. all about the middle. Not well, that's why you, that's why you're saying that you're addicted to the climb because that middle part is the climb. That that's yeah. the like y- you really focus in on the daily, the activities. Yes. Like what what is it? Because I, I say it this way, and you can tell me how how to rephrase it in your terminology. But it's allowing the world to celebrate the podium. We celebrate our daily. You know, like mm-hmm. so, what is it that you're doing? The discipline, the climb. What are you doing on a daily basis? Because the podium will come if you do the daily, if you do the discipline. So, mm-hmm. and it really is about what I've learned to do, and what I've teach people to do is sometimes we don't believe yet that we can do that thing that right. we want to, but it's really about putting things on repeat. Like I'm not always motivated to do the things I do, <laughs> but I've put things on repeat, like working out every day, drinking a shake every day. The more you put positive things on repeat, your self-talk, saying that mantra over and over and over, you'll actually start convincing yourself that you are capable, that you are courageous enough, that you are able to do what you want to do. And it's all about the convincing of ourselves. But it starts with the daily patterns in our lives, putting what it so I always ask people, if you stop right now and you feel stuck, you're, you're stagnant, you're frustrated, you're seeing me on the Addicted to the Climb, you're seeing Tim doing his podcast, and you feel, oh my gosh, they're doing all these things. Well, what are you doing daily right now? What are the actions that you're doing every single day that are moving the needle forward for you? And most people don't think about that. They just no. live their life week by week goes by. All of a sudden, it's a new year. Oh my gosh, what did I do all year? Nothing's changed. It's all about the work that you are willing to put in. Yeah, I 100%. Uh, let's do this, because I think this might be super helpful, and I know that you're articulate enough, and you probably have already done this. But if we were to bullet point the key foundational beliefs that you hold to be able to be addicted to the climb, to be able to do the daily journey, what would be, If and again, I'm putting you on the spot here, so I apologize, but kind of like, I think this will be really powerful. What would be the belief bullet points that you could just say, these are the specific things that I come back to, even when I'm not motivated? Well, first is my faith and my spiritual training comes first. Spiritual training for me is like muscles in the gym. I want to continuously get closer to God, have a stronger faith. And I know I can do that the more I train my spiritual muscles. So that's first. That And that ties into my morning routine, which I never had in the past. It's pretty new. It's only a couple of years old. 
pretty much when COVID hit. When we well, that, had- just, uh, just, just so you, I mean, I'm, I don't mean in any offensive way, and I know that I'm going to get heat from people, but you're not a spring chicken. I mean, I love you to death. You look awesome. <laughs> I am not a spring chicken. The point is this. Is the point is this that you can develop things even when you're not a spring chicken? You know, like it's yeah, yeah no, I, it's totally good. I love that you said that because people say, "Oh, it's too late." Well, I'm already you know 50. Well, guess what? I'm turning 50 soon. And yes, I just said I just started a morning routine a couple yeah. of years ago that has changed my life, and it's really a routine that I start with my Bible reading. I have you know, something else on my coffee table, but I have a certain place I go to first thing in the morning because I don't want to fuel myself mm. with the world, like everything else until I fuel myself to, for the day ahead in a positive way. And faith does that for me. God does that for me. So that's part of my ritual, my routine, my working out is a priority. I feel if you don't have three priorities in order every single day, maybe that's why you're not hitting your goals. You know, don't have 10, don't have five. I'm talking about what are your three priorities every day? Is it just spending a little 10 minutes with your children? Is it drinking a little more water? Well, make those your priority every single day. Getting better at what you're doing at work. Well, how can you do that? Well, three priorities. So for me, it's my working out. It's my spiritual wellness my morning in my morning routine, I would say, because in that morning routine, I'm also, I have probably five books on my coffee table and I'll read a paragraph from each, all personal development, all self-development, John Maxwell, you know, good people that are doing good things in the world that can inspire me and empower me for my day ahead. Yeah. So that that's ideal. And I guarantee you, if we dug even deeper into this, you probably have very specific routines for how you build your relationship with your husband, how you build it with your kids, Absolutely. how you build it. I'm sure that there's that's all yes. scheduled out. So we just don't have time to go into that. So you have, those that are listening, you're gonna have to contact. If you want specific questions, you're gonna have to contact Kelly to be able to get that. But no, this has been really, really incredible. Is there anything that you feel like is just on your heart? Like, I have to say this. Is there anything, I wanna give you a chance. And it doesn't have to be specifically on any of the topics we talked about, but I, I wanna give you the opportunity to share. Sure. I mean, what I'm going to say and hope that people can just feel empowered by is your louder voice will always win at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Whatever you're playing in your minds, your louder voice is going to win. And I just want to inspire you and encourage you today to just choose courage over fear. Most of us have fears around so many things. We all go through so many similar things in our lives. But fear, I want you to just rise, take the courage muscles that God gave you and let those get you through your next roadblock, your next setback. Know that without courage, you're going to crumble. So build up your own courage by believing in yourself and know that the louder voice is always going to win. So bet on yourself and trust God, have faith. I mean, I could say a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know. That's awesome. I would even add to this, and I, I think you would concur, is the fact that whatever voice is louder, you will actually seek validation for that voice. Mm-hmm. And so you will go out there specifically looking for whatever you're listening to, whatever that script is that you said, you will seek validation for whatever that is going to be the loudest. Absolutely. And the louder voice, whatever that is, 
the things that you're thinking follow you. That's mm. a whole topic, but they do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So if somebody said, man, I, I just, I need to connect. What you said just really resonated with them. What's the best way to be able to connect with you? Well, I am on LinkedIn. As you said, they can follow yeah. me there. They can DM me. I'm very active on LinkedIn and it's just my name, Kelly Tyen. I would love to hear from you and connect with you there. If you want to learn more about me, I have my podcast, Addicted to the Climb on all the podcast platforms. And I have a book, Addicted to the Climb on Amazon. And then my website is just kellytyen.com. Ways to work with me there. Yeah, let's spell that out though, because I know there's going to be people listening. So if you can spell your name out with the yes, dot com. And- thank you. It's K E L L E Y T Y A N dot com. Perfect. And obviously, you can find the exact same spelling for LinkedIn. That's not going to change. <laughs> so it's going to be identical. Again, thank you so much for being on here, for talking, for sharing your story. Like I said, I, I know I hear from listeners and it does leave an impact. And so I want to add this to the conclusion here with everything. One, if this did leave an impact with you and you're listening, you're like, man, and we hope that you would reach out either to myself. And even if you don't do that, reach out to Kelly directly, because that's frankly why we do this. We do this to be able to inspire, to leave an impact, to encourage others. So if something was said, we want to hear from you. And I, like I said, I hear all the time about, oh, this just changed. And I want to hear that from you guys. So until the next story, until the next journey, keep writing your script. I'll use your word instead of mine, but we call it crafting your narrative, but keep writing your script because that is what we have the intention. That's what gives us hope. We'll see you guys and subscribe, listen if you need to. I got to always throw that in there. So we'll see you guys later. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live and enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.